Lord. I said, praise the Lord. All right. All right. Praise the Lord. God is such a good God. And we just give him praise for all that he's doing today. We had a, a great breakfast. Amen. And now we're going to have a great spiritual meal. Amen. Because we're going to feed ourselves physically and spiritually. And I thank God for the opportunity of being here today at Carlstadt Christian Assembly. I thank God for Pastor Mark giving um, me this opportunity to share the word of the Lord with you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. I know the time has been spent far, and I'm not going to be before you long, but I believe there's a word that God wants to speak to our hearts today. Father in heaven, we come before you this morning, and we thank you for this day that the Lord has made. Your word says we shall rejoice and be glad in it, Lord. As we worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord, we thank you that you inhabit the praises of your people. And that with the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So, Lord God, we ask that your liberating Spirit will be manifested even now, Lord. For the truth sets us free. Father, set us free today, Lord. Let us not leave the same way we came in Jesus' name. But, Lord, we ask that the anointing of God that destroys yokes and removes burdens, O oh God, will be manifested even now. That tangible presence, that glory of God will come now, Lord God, and minister to the hearts of these men, these soldiers, these warriors, Lord God. Even now we invoke your presence in this place and we praise you in Jesus' name. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Well, as we were in worship and as we begin to praise God, I just want to say, brother, God has anointed you. God used you so mightily as you led God's people into worship. And the Lord just spoke to me while I was just back there minding my business in worship. But he said he's increasing the anointing on your life. And God says as you continue to worship him, God said there will be a mighty flow and a mighty deliverance that will come forth. I just saw deliverance breaking throughout this whole church as we were worshiping. And some of you felt the presence of God, but you were kind of holding back. If you don't know, I'll flow in the prophetic. Some of you were feeling the presence of God, but you were holding back. And God says, as we begin to worship him, as you begin to adore him, as you begin to love on him, that's where yokes are destroyed and burdens are removed. And brother, I want to let you know that God is going to use you mightily. And he was telling me that he's going to give you a broader platform. And God said, greater opportunities are coming. And God says, even a breakthrough was coming in your home. So I don't know what God is about to do, but this is a new season that you're entering in. And God said, amen. God said it was even a press for you to get here today, but you were obedient and you pressed your way out out of obedience. And God says you walked yourself into a blessing. Come on, give God some praise. My pastor friend, stand up right here. I just met, yes, yes. When, when I met you earlier, there was something about your spirit. That when I shook your hand, I just felt something. And God was telling, telling me about this, this great teaching anointing that he's put on you. God says, you are a disciple maker. I don't know you, but God says, you are a disciple maker. And I just see in your ministry, I just see all these broken men coming around you. I just see all these young men coming around you. And I just see you as almost, I, I want to say like, like, like a father hen, just taking all these broken people. And God says, as you minister, as you illuminate the word, almost I remind what Jesus broke the bread of life. And when he broke the bread of life, life was implied. Life was given to these men. And so God said, he's going to increase this ministry. And I just see men coming from all over to hear what God has put in your mouth. And this is a new season for your church. And God said, even greater finances are coming. God says, sometimes we, 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 we go through this place where there's a drought. And we, we, feel the, we feel the lack, but we say we're going to press by faith. But not going to allow that stuff to move us. But God says, because you've been faithful, he's going to bring increase to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. God is here. Come on, give him some praise. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord is here. I don't know about you, but I didn't come to play games this morning. Amen. When I heard about this gathering, my spirit leaped within me. And I was glad to be here. It's nothing like with the men. It's, the sisters are always getting together. I got nothing against the sisters. Amen. My wife is a pastor. They get together. They pray. Hallelujah. They, get, they do the thing. But it's nothing like when warrior men get together. There's nothing like when we come together and worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. It's nothing like when men worship. So I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge My word to you is 
The man in the mirror, it's time to take a deeper look. The man, to the man in the mirror, it's time to take a deeper look. I know that the, the flyer said stand, but the Lord began to speak to me, how can we stand if we're broken? How can we stand if we haven't took, if we haven't taken self-introspection of our own hearts? Because it's hard to stand when we're just trying to get by. It's hard to stand when we feel like we have no support. It's hard to stand when we feel like no one understands what we're going through. And so I just want to challenge us today briefly that we would take that look in the mirror and that we would have a deeper look today. The Word of God reminds us that the stresses and the burdens that we carry are not meant for us. The Word of God says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29 to 30, He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you're constantly stressed, if you're constantly carrying something, it's meant for you. That very burden, that very stress that we carry as men, now only men know what men go through. The sisters might try to understand what we go through. We could try to explain it to them. But no one understands like a man understands. Amen. We go through, we, we go through times where we feel like we're just in survivor mode. We're just trying to get by. We, we, we're not trying to buckle on the weight, but sometimes, you know, we get weary. Sometimes we, we, we feel tired. Sometimes we feel like a wounded soldier. Sometimes we feel like weary warriors and we feel like giving in. But I'm here to encourage you today. I'm here to encourage you to look deep into your heart today and to see those areas that God wants to, wants to bring increase into your life today. And so one of the first things that we have to do to experience, amen, God's grace in these areas of weakness, because the word of God says that when we are weak, then we are made strong. Why? Because his grace is sufficient for us. Many times we go through times of weakness because we don't receive God's grace in those areas of weakness. Now, if you're like me, brothers, many times, you know, as men, we try to do it by ourselves, you know, because we miss the fix it. I don't know about you, but I miss the fix it around the home when something breaks. My wife, can you fix this? Can you do this? Can you do it? And, and I do. We're Mr. Fix-It, and we're Mr. Fix-It by nature. That's why sometimes when our wives talk to us, they say, I don't want to answer. I just want you to listen, because when they complain to us, we want to fix it. We want, we want to get to action. We want to get to work. And so it's in us. It's innate in us to want to fix, to want to repair, because that's, that's the type of nature that God has given man. But there are times when we are constantly working and fixing and doing things that we ourselves become depleted. And so today I'm challenging you, and I believe the Spirit of God is speaking to us, that we would take a self-examination, that we would check ourselves. I'm, I'm originally from the South Bronx. We used to say this while I was growing up. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. And so we have to check ourselves today before we have a shipwreck spiritually, before we wreck ourselves today. So let's, 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 let's break that down and let's go into God's word and see what he has to say to us about that. Amen? If we're constantly being stressed, we are carrying something that does not belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. Amen? The first thing that we have to do, we have to examine our motives. We have to check ourselves. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 2, all a man's ways seem innocent to him, but motives are made by the Lord. God knows the intents of our heart. He knows the times that with this guilt inside. He knows the time that we're as fear inside. He knows the times where we're dealing with our own insecurities. Yes, men have insecurities too. Yeah, he knows the time where we have pride. Come on, because you know we could be pig-headed and stubborn. Come on, because sometimes our wives tell us something, and we're like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, we don't hear it. And then we hear from somebody else, and your wife's like, didn't I tell you the same thing? But like, but I had to hear from a different perspective, honey, that's why. You know, sometimes, sometimes we can deal with pride, and we have to humble ourselves that, honey, you were right. You know, sometimes we deal with acceptance issues, we want to be accepted. Amen. So we'll do whatever we need to take to be accepted. These are the motives of our heart now. Sometimes we look for recognition. Come on, we want recognition in the workplace. We want recognition in the church. We want to be known as that man of God. We want to be known as that excellent employee. We want to be known as that best student. Amen. And there are times even when we deal with lust. Come on, brothers. Come on. 
Come on, they, 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 they say about, they say about a third of us deals with pornography and masturbation, all these different topics. Yeah, I talk about that stuff where I'm from. Yeah, we deal with that type of stuff. Some of you are like, oh God, I don't know about that. I talk about sex in the church, amen? Amen. I preached a message one time, sex, and it was good. Come on, I, I talked about that. Come on, we, we, we can't be afraid to deal with, with certain issues in the church of God, amen, because the world's going to talk about it, but we need to have the truth. God created it, and we need to see it from his perspective. So there are times that we deal with lust, the lust of the eyes, come on, those things, come on. I'm a gadget man, so I have my iPad, amen, I, 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 have, I have my Blackberry, I have my, my, my Sprint 4G phone, I, I, I'm a techie, so I love my toys, and sometimes, you know, you do with the lust of the eyes, come on. It's not just always looking at a woman in a lustful way, sometimes, brothers, you got that car, Come on, you see that car that you want to get? You see those things we have to do with the lust of the eyes. And then we deal with the lust of the flesh. Come on. The very things that we struggle with inside. And so God examines our motives. He checks our hearts. But it's our responsibility for us to do that self-inspection to make sure that we are aligned with his will. First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 5 says, God will bring to light what is hidden in the darkness and expose the motives a man's hearts. Amen. So he will expose the motives of our hearts. So the first thing I said, we need to examine our motives. The second thing is we need to examine our schedule. Our schedule. Got quieted here. I'll explain. Our schedule. Scripture says, Psalms 119.37. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. There are times, men, that there are times when we as men allow distractions to eat up our schedule. When we allow situations and things and issues to distract us. Sometimes we'll get so caught up at, at the job, and I'm a pastor, so, you know, my, my call is 24-7. I feel like I'm a doctor. You know, every time the, the phone goes off, an email comes, I'm all over the place. But there are times where those things can become a distraction in my schedule. Because my wife is my first ministry. That's my first church. Amen? My wife is my first and only lady. That's why I tell my, this is why I tell my men at the church. So you have to make sure that home is taken care of. For my single brothers, you have to make sure that you keep it the main thing, the main thing. That nothing is, is, is distracting you from focusing on your walk with the Lord. Because there will be things that it will just easily, like, 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 a, like someone giving a carrot to a horse, just easily just dangle you away. So you have to make sure that you examine your schedule. Check out what you're spending most of your time on. Is it just, is, is it just football games and sport games, brothers? Come on, is it, is it on the internet, on Facebook and Twitter? Come on, some of you older folks, you, you, y'all, y'all, y'all on Facebook too. Come on, what, what are you spending most of your time doing? The Bible says we have to make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Don't you know Jesus is coming back? I know we don't hear that anymore because we say, well, we ain't got no, Jesus is coming back. And so we have to prepare ourselves. Come on, our Redeemer is soon to return. These are the last days if you didn't hear about it. These are the last days that we're living in. And so we have to check our schedule. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 25, it is a trap for a man to dedicate something rashly and only later to consider his vows. So be, be careful what you put into your schedule. Be careful what you put into your schedule because that could be the very thing that could cause you to have a downfall today. Amen? We're talking about self-examination now. Amen? Also, thank you, brother. Also... Number one, we, we dealt with examining our motives. Number two, we dealt with examining our schedule. Number three, we have to examine our values. Our values. What are the things that you value in life? Mark 8, chapter, Mark 8, chapter 36. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet to forfeit his soul? There's a deal of values as believers that we claim, and there are values that we practice. Let me explain what I mean. I want to be known as a man of prayer. And so I'm like, my vibe, that's my vibe. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a man of prayer. But if I'm not praying on a regular basis, that's not a practice value. That's just a claim value. And sometimes as Christians, we claim a lot of stuff. 
that we're mighty men of God, that we're holy, that we're righteous, and that we have all these great accolades and all these great things behind uh, who we are, but that what begins to happen is we don't act upon them. We come to church and we say we're going to lift up holy hands to the Lord on Sunday, but then on Monday there's something different. Because what we are professing is not actually what we're living. And we're living a double standard life. So we have to be sure that we will examine, amen, our values. What are the things that you value in life? Every man, you should have a mission statement. You should have a mission statement for your life. Why are you here? Why are you breathing? Are you just wasting precious oxygen and doing the same redundant thing Monday through Friday, working and maybe my 401k will get better over time and just doing nothing and just wasting time? What is your purpose? What is your destiny? What are you called to do? What's your dream? Because some of you have given up on your dream. And God says he hasn't given up on your dream. you you, you got to put that back in your forefront of your mind. It's never too late to do what God has called you to do. I don't care if you're eight or 108. There's nothing, there's nothing too difficult for God. God could turn that situation around. But he wants you to, he wants you to uh, examine your values. The Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added on to you. He said, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has its own worries. Each day is enough trouble of its own. God wants us to examine ourselves. Now I'm going to get into specifics, and then I'm out your way. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now, I have a vehicle, just like many, many of you have a vehicle. Now, if, 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 if you have a car like I have a car, amen, you notice that when you, when you start your car, you have a dashboard. Amen? And there's sometimes, after you've been driving for a little bit, that you have a bing, bing, a little light that says check engine. Soon, right? Sometimes you have a light that goes on that says you need to put um, gas in the car because you're about to run out of gas. And so you have to constantly check the gauges of that vehicle in order for it to be maintained. But I declare unto you today that you have gauges in your life that you need to pay attention to. If we're going to continue to stand and to be those mighty warriors that God has called us to be, that we have to check those gauges in our life. We have to take a deeper look. It's not just looking at yourself in the mirror and say, my, how debonair, how handsome I look. Because we are handsome. You know that, brothers, right? All right. All right. We're fearfully and wonderfully made, okay? But it's taking a deeper look to see what's really there in the heart of man. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you wholly. That word sanctify also means to consecrate. That word consecrate means to set apart, means to be set apart for a specific use. This bottle of water has been consecrated for me to drink because my mouth is dry right now and I'm going to take a drink. Amen. It's been sanctified for for my use. Your life as a believer has been sanctified for God's use. So he talks about the God of peace sanctify you through and through. In other words, sanctification is a process. You don't get there overnight. It's something that you work through daily. Just because you say you love Jesus don't mean that you're going to feel like loving Jesus on Monday. It's a choice that you have to make. It's the progressive work of sanctification is you is you in your mind the bible says in romans 12 be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind you have to make the choice to do something i was preaching last sunday at the gathering and i said you know so many times we blame the devil for everything and a lot of times the devil didn't do nothing we just did it because of our sinful nature the devil didn't make you look at that porn come on the the devil didn't do it the devil didn't make you sleep with that sister come on the devil didn't make you go to that club the devil didn't make you hang out and gamble that money. No, you chose to do it because you made a choice to do it. Because you did not allow the sanctifying power of the Holy Ghost through and through to make you more like Jesus Christ. And so there's a process that we have to go through, amen, to become more like him. 
So he says, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body. He's talking about this thing is holistic here. It's not just something spiritual. It's not just your spirit, man. But it's your soul. Your soul comprises of your mind, your will, your emotions, and your body. He said, make sure, he, he said that your, may your whole spirit, soul, and body keep you blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming back. So he said, there's a process. You have to make sure that you check every area of yourself that the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit may have his perfect work in you. So number one, we have to check, and it's just three things that I'm done, like I said. There, the, the first thing is we have to check the physical gauge. Now, this was a big one for me because I'm a big guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a runner. I run to the fridge or something, but, you know, yeah, I'm not a runner. You know, but, you know. But I, I, I had to, I had to, you know, get, I got my gym membership, 24-hour fitness past the mark. Amen. I'm doing my swimming now. Amen. Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing my stuff. So next summer I have that washboard body. Watch out. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. But the Bible says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Now, I know you think this is the temple, but this church can burn down tomorrow, but this church will still be here because of the people. The people make the church. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He said, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So in other words, it's not just the spiritual thing. It's not just me speaking in tongues every day and doing all these other things. That stuff is great. But that stuff does no profit if I'm, just, if I'm, if I'm in whatever and I drop dead, as, drop dead at 40 with a heart attack. I have to take care of my temple. Brothers, if we're going to continue to stand, we have to take care of ourselves. I know sometimes, brothers, we don't like to go to the doctor because, you know, we're like, God, going to heal me. I believe in healing. Jesus, just pass the mark. Come lay hands with me. Slap the all in my head, and I'm going to be healed. Hallelujah. And he does that. You still go back, and you still sit because God does use doctors, too. Got quiet in here. God does use doctors, too. So we have to make sure we take care of ourselves. And if we take care of ourselves, then we don't have to worry about sickness most of the time. Because if we do what's right, amen, God, God will bless us for, for our effort and our hard work. So there are three things we need to do to check our physical gauge. We have to make sure that we have the right diet, amen. Oh, it's quiet. I, I know, I feel it too, brothers. I saw that food this morning, that flesh in me said, ooh, give me eggs, give me this, give me that. One brother says, is that all you're going to have? I'm like, that's all I'm going to have, believe it or not. I'm going to be full just with that alone. Because I have to have the right diet. Come on, I, I don't want to drop dead at 40. I want to go till I'm 80. I, I, I want to be like Caleb. Give me that mountain. Come on. We have to have endurance here. So we have to have the right diet. We have to have the right exercise. to talk about taking care of yourself. Amen. And you have to have the right rest. Because some of us, man, we don't get the proper rest. I know this will sound spiritual, but it is. This is spiritual warfare right here, too. Because you, 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 you could not take care of yourself and drop dead. I don't care how spiritual you are. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 9, chapter 27, he said, No, I beat my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I, I myself would not be disqualified of the prize. Paul said, I'm going to do what it takes. I'm going to beat my body. I'm, I'm going to discipline myself. I'm going to have the right diet. I'm going to have the right exercise. I'm going to have the right rest so I can have longevity. So I, I won't preach to others and tell them to change, and I myself won't change. We have to check the gauges. Second thing, we have to check our emotional gauge. T.D. Jakes wrote a book a, a couple years ago called Emotions. And he talked about how men, we are emotional. I know women, you know, we think they're emotional. They, they cry at movies, but we cry at movies too. Come on. Come on. We see a band of brothers. Yo, yo, that's all right. That's all right. What's wrong with your eyes? No, no, no. I just have a little, little sinus. My sinus. My sinus. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. You know. But brothers, we're emotional too. Come out to some of y'all worshiping the Lord. You feel the tears coming. You try to hold it back. Like, all right, I'm in church. All right. Yes. Yes, Lord. Wrap your arms around me. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Some more. Real men cry. Come on. Real men ain't afraid to share their emotions. Come on. And so we have to check our emotional gauge. 
The Bible says in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul, the soul again, the mind, the will, the emotions, amen, is getting along well. Now, these are the things you need to look for in your own life. I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you're a leader. I don't care if you've been saved 20 years or two hours. These are the things that you need to look for. If you're checking your gauge, if you're taking that deeper look in the mirror, these are the things you need to look for. First of all, what begins to happen when that gauge begins to go low in the area of your emotions, your relationships lose intimacy. Search for your married brothers. You don't have that connection. Come on, I live this thing, guys, I'm telling you. You, 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 know, you, don't, you don't have that connection with your wife. You love your wife. You know, it's almost like you, sometimes it's almost like you become batmates. <laughs> Ain't nothing happening. You just become batmates. Come on. And so you lose that intimacy. It's not just sex, brothers. It's, it's, it's just that, that deep communion that you have. Some, it happens not just with your wife, brothers. It happens with your friends. It happens with those people who are around you. You're just not connecting the way you used to be connecting. You're not hitting it off the way you used to hit it off. There's just something going on because you're becoming emotionally drained. So relationships lose intimacy. Second thing that happens, people become a burden instead of being a blessing. People become a burden. The same people that used to be such a blessing, such encouragement to you, when they call, you pick the phone, the voicemail. You know you do that now. Come on. Some of you did that this morning. You said, oh, it's my wife. I don't want to hear her right now. Oh, it's Brother Simon again. Okay, all right. I don't want to see him no more. It's Pastor again. Oh, no, I don't want to see him no more. Come on, we put that phone to voicemail. People become a burden instead of a blessing. That's how you know something's going on inside of you. You become more defensive and you can't handle correction. No one can tell you anything. I'm the man. I know what I'm doing. And I got this out of control. And that's that. And I'm a man. I'm putting my foot down in my house. And that's that. You can't take correction. That means you are emotionally, brothers, being drained. And the last thing is you become emotionally isolated. And that's what the devil really likes. Because he wants to separate you from the brethren. He wants to separate you from the church. See, if he can separate you and isolate you, then he can annihilate you. So you have to know the tricks of the enemy. He said, brother, I, want, I, don't want you be, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the devices of the enemy. You have to know if you're feeling like that today, you have to reach out. You have to ask God to help you to build this emotional gauge back to where it needs to be. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. We always thank God for you because, of your, because your faith is growing. And the love every one of you has for each other is increasing, not decreasing. When you find the love for the brethren, for your wife, for your family, for the things that you do decreasing, that's where you need to take a deeper look at yourself. Amen? Y'all got that? Amen. The amen's dropped in the room, but that's all right. Amen. So we're checking the gauges now. We're looking at the dashboard of our lives. If we're going to make it on that mission, if we're going to make it on that life assignment that God has for us, we have to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Amen. So we have to check the physical gauge. We have to check the emotional gauge. And last, we have to check the spiritual gauge. The spiritual gauge. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 8 says, For physical training is of, of some value. He didn't say it's not bad. He says it's of some value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So what I do now spiritually not only affects me while I'm walking on earth, but it's going to affect me in my afterlife when I have eternal life. Amen. So what we do now does count in heaven. Amen. And what we don't do now will count. In heaven. Don't think we get to heaven. Okay, everything will be made up. I'm going to be all right. No, 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 no. What you do now, God is going to hold you accountable for. It's not when we get to the pearly gates, when we get before the throne. He said, well, you didn't live a good life, but you was a Christian. You tried to make it all right. No, I don't want to just get into heaven. Come on. I want to really run this race. I want to finish strong. Apostle Paul said, I have fought a good fight. Come on, I have finished strong. God wants, wants us to finish strong. He doesn't want us to back out and back down. He wants us to go forward in Him. 
and not to be afraid. So we have to check the spiritual gauge. Now, you will know that your spiritual gauge is getting low, brothers. Number one, what begins to happen is you become critical of others because you forget about the grace of God. So when another brother comes to church, another brother is constantly, you know, dealing with a habitual sin, we become critical. Dad, he keeps smoking. Every week he keeps saying he fell, he smoked. We ain't going to grow up. What's wrong with him? Why come to church dressed like that? What's wrong with him? Don't he you know he's supposed to be a deacon? And da 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 And we become very critical of a critical of a why. Why you gotta wear your hat? Why you gotta wear your hair like that? Come critical of your kids. Why you gotta go to just dress like that? We just become very critical. We forget the grace of God. It's not like you all there in a bag of chips. Come on. Because we all go to the bathroom, all our stuff stinks the last time I checked. Now, if your stuff comes, if your stuff smells like peppermint patty, then we, then you, you must be of God. There must be something different about you. But last time, all of our waste stinks. And the Bible says we all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Come on. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. We all need that gift. Amen. So none of us is above anybody. There's no big eyes and no little U's. We are all equal. Amen? And so we become so critical of others. Second thing, we become negligent in spiritual disciplines. Are you praying every day, brothers? I'm not talking about doing God on the run. You know when you're late in the morning, you know, you're like, all right, let me read the scripture. Okay, all right. Um, you know, you just open up the Bible to anything. Okay, I'm going to read a psalm, my favorite psalm. You know, you just read your psalm. Okay, God is good. God is great. God is worthy to be. Okay, praise the Lord. I got to go. Okay, honey, bye. And then you go leave. Because sometimes we do God on the run. Just because you listen to Christian worship music in your car, that, that doesn't mean you're praying. It doesn't mean that you're praying. Just because you, just because you do Christian things doesn't mean that that's going to supplement for your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. You have to spend, just like you got to spend quality time with your wife, because you know your wife will nag you if you don't spend the quality time. Especially if, it, if you haven't gone on vacation in a couple of years. You know you're going to hear it, brothers. Okay? God wants to spend quality time with you as well. And he's, telling, he's asking you, if, you, if you're not, if you're neglecting your spiritual disciplines, your, 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 your gauge spiritually is getting lower and lower and lower, and you're going to wreck yourself. You're going to set yourself up for a big fall. You want to know how mighty giants fall? Because they get comfortable. See, they, they get the acceptance of man, and they get comfortable. They say, oh, I don't need to pray the way I used to. They already know I'm anointed. Come, this is what us pastors go through some time, and God has to pop our bubble to let us know that we ain't all that. Amen. If you have a wife like I do, she reminds you ain't all that. I come home on Sunday, honey, wasn't that an awesome service, man? God moved. She said, he sure did. Go empty the garbage, please. Thank you. <laughs> you get humble real quick in that garbage. We can't neglect the spiritual disciplines. We, 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 come on. Our wives should not be more spiritual than us. And I'm sick of going to churches where the women are up being used by God and a man is just sitting there like lumps on the log. The wives up there prophesying, laying hands and doing everything and we just sitting there like, yeah, praise God, amen. We need to stand up and, and take our place in God's body. It's not being so passive. Come on, God wants to use us, but we got to get serious. One time my preacher said, we got to get over ourselves. Because we get so caught up in ourselves. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Amen? We cannot neglect the spiritual disciplines, praying, fasting, reading the Word of God, fellowshipping. Some of you brothers, this, I can't even get you to church during the week. I can't even get you to Bible study. I'm busy, Pastor. What you busy doing? You ain't busy doing nothing. I gotta work late. You watch, you watching just exactly. You watching television. Watching Castle on Wednesday. I'm trying to get you to Bible study. What happens when our spiritual gauge begins to go low? We become more vulnerable to sin. 
So the things that we have built up an immunity against to say we're going to resist the devil. But the Bible says if we resist the devil, he will flee. But when your spiritual gaze begins to go lower, your resistance goes lower. And so you become more susceptible to attack. That's why when you get a call, what happens is your immunity level goes low in your body. So that's how you get sick. That's how you get the flu. That's how you get a flu shot to build up your resistance. So with this free radical, this, 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 this sickness comes into your bloodstream, your white blood cells can fight them off. Spiritually speaking, if we don't build up ourselves spiritually, when those uh, attacks come and those temptations come, if we don't have our spiritual resistance up, we become more susceptible to sin. And you, and, and you get that strength, first of all, from, a, from being accountable to one another. But men, we're so private. We don't want to tell nobody what we're going through. We'd rather just suffer in silence and not get free. And, we, and, and, and the sad thing is we all dealing with the same stuff. Your stuff ain't so special that we don't know what you're going through. If we all got up here and just begin to confess our sins, we realize that 90% of us are dealing with the same stuff. We just put on the front and a smile like we got it all together and we know we really don't. I'm sorry if this is too real for you. I forgot I wasn't at the gathering church today. I'm, I'm, I'm at call stat. I don't know how y'all do it here. But we have to be real. Amen. We have to be real. And then we become, become vulnerable to sin and then we begin to rationalize sin. Well, it was only one time. No one would notice. What can look at that pornography really do? I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm in the process of my home. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. It is safe sex, right? So, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna help in our bathroom because I remember all these moves and I'll try to use them on my wife later, right? Come on, I'm gonna tell you how the devil works. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna tell you how, the, how he works. And so what, begin, so what begins to happen is we rationalize it and we make it okay. And so then we have sin running rampant in the church. The spirit of God is supposed to be here. We got demons here. Because everybody got strongholds. You know what a stronghold is? A stronghold is the area that the enemy has. You captive in. And you walk in and you act like everything is fine, but you're really choked up. You really got a yoke around your neck. Where it talks about, and the anointing in that day shall destroy the yoke. The yoke is the very thing that an oxen wears around his neck. Amen? He wears this, this big heavy yoke and, and he used to have an adult oxen and a baby oxen. And the big oxen would lead the way for the baby oxen. would have this yoke around their neck to guide them. And that's what the enemy does. He puts a yoke around our neck to guide us. And that's why we try to get free, but we're not free. Come on, I don't, I don't care how much you come up to the altar. I don't care how much you speak in tongues. I don't care how much they lay hands on you and, and cast it out. You fall out. You still want it bound up because you're not really set free. God wants to set us free today, but we have to stop rationalizing sin. We have to stop rationalizing sin. And then the last thing that happens when your spiritual gauge goes low is that you move from having relationships and you move to becoming religious. You don't have a relationship with God. You're just going through the motions. Every Sunday, you write your little tie check. You bring the wife and kids. You come yourself. You just go through the antics, just the motions, Sunday after Sunday. But there's no real heart change. You just become mellow. You just have plateaued in your hunger and your desire and your relationship with the Lord. And everything has just gone bland in your life. That's when you know that you're just in survival mode. You're just trying to get by. You're just trying to make it in. Another day, another dollar. You're just trying to get by. Day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second. You're just trying to get by. What are the radical steps that we, what are the radical steps that we're going to take today. What, what are some of the radical steps? Let's talk about the radical steps. Philippians chapter 3 verse 8 says this. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. He said, for whose sake, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. 
God wants us to gain him today. If we're going to be effective at standing against the wiles of the enemy, amen, with the full armor of God on, that we have to take a deeper look inside of ourselves today. We have to take a look in the mirror. We have to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. Three steps that we're going to take today. Amen. Brother, can I actually come on the piano? You can follow me along behind me. Amen. Because we're going to pray today. It's not one thing just giving the word. How are we going to respond to the word today? That's the key. The Bible says don't just be hearers. Amen. Because when you just hear us, you deceive your own self. But when you are doers of the word, that's where things begin to go into motion. That's where things begin to go into play. And that's what God wants to challenge us to do today. So we need to come back to a place of prayer. Number one. The song that says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Where it's all about you. It's all about you. We have to come back to the heart of worship, brothers. We cannot be afraid to openly, openly worship God. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me here, I'm going to be ashamed of you up there. It's a sad thing when a worship leader comes up and says, come on, let's worship the Lord. Now, we are, it's not like we're in the mall somewhere, we're in the street somewhere, we're in our job somewhere, everybody's not saved. But instead, when we come to God's house and a worship scene, let's come on, let's worship the Lord, and we act timid like we cannot worship Him. We need to come back to a place of prayer where we can fully acknowledge Him. We talked about David dancing before the Lord. We talk about a woman doing that. We talk about David, King David, a man's man. The Bible said he danced so much that his garments fell off. They thought he was crazy. He said, I can even get more undignified than this. Because you don't know what my God has done for me. So what has God done for you? What are you grateful for? What's your story? What's your testimony? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What has he done for you? See, see we can share the, 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 the censored testimony, but you know the real testimony. See, this sort of things you can testify, you can't even share, but it's just that darn dirty, that darn sinful. But you have a story. You have a story today. And he wants us to get back to a place of prayer, a place of meditating, a place of reading that word again, getting back in that Bible. If you don't understand this word, that's why you got pastors. That's why we have Bible study. That's why we have moments like this so we can understand this word. You need to be a man of the word. Not just because I said it, because you know it for yourself. Thy word have I hid within my heart that I might not sin against it. You have to know the word today. And last, we just have to praise him. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. So in closing, brothers, I say this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, what we're going to do today, we're going to present our request to God. We're going to check ourselves. We're going to take time. I'm actually going to stand up now. And I just want you to close your eyes. And I want you to take a look in the mirror, the mirror of your soul. I want you to look at the gauges on the dashboard of your life. You see that light on there, you hear it beeping. What is it? Is that physical gauge that you need to check? What's going on physically? When the last time you had a physical? Maybe you could lose a couple pounds like I need to. Check that physical gauge. Is it that emotional gauge? You don't feel like you're connecting, your relationship to losing intimacy, you feel like you're just falling apart inside. Ain't nothing wrong with you. It's life. But God's grace is sufficient for us today. And we just need to reach out to Jesus. We just need to reach out and tell him, I must tell Jesus all of my trials, for I cannot bear these burdens alone. Is it that spiritual game? My prayer has lost its fervency. I'm not the same. I, I, I feel like when I pray, my prayers are hitting the ceiling and coming back down to the floor. I feel like when I read the Bible and I'm reading a foreign language, nothing's popping out to me anymore. Your spiritual gauge is love. He's calling you today. 
back to him. You just need to cry out to him this morning. You just need to open up your heart to him today. He's calling out to you today. He's calling out to you today. was a place of sacrifice. It was a place when you gave that offering to God. You gave that very thing that you wanted him to have. This is the altar today. We are giving him that sacrifice. That very thing that we want him to take care of. We're laying it down for him to handle and for him to take care of today. And we're declaring the creed that we won't be the same when we walk back to our seats today. That we'll be like Jacob and say, Lord, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. Hey! I ain't going to let you go, God. I mean business with you today. I didn't come to play games today. I'm serious for you today. Hallelujah. Come on, brothers, just lift your hands. All over this building, lift up holy hands to the Lord. Father, we worship you, Lord. Come on, let's begin to cry out to you right now. Let's begin to worship you right now. Father, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shit it up 
intercessor. Make him an intercessor for you, Lord. Make him like David, who loves your presence. He loves to be in your presence. Use him as a mighty worship leader. Use him as a mighty artist. Glory, God. Bless him, Lord. I thank you for the creativity that you put within him. Oh God, I see songs. I don't know if you write songs, but I see songs, Lord. Give us a song. Your word says, give us the Lord a new song. I thank you for the new songs that's going to place in his spirit. That's going to be prophetic songs that are going to bless the body of Christ. I want to be the servant, not the king. I thank you for keeping me now for that anointing right now. I want to be the Lord. I thank you for that prophetic anointing that's upon him, Lord God. That he might then wrote the songs. He write songs of praise unto you, Lord. I thank you even now for the transition. Thank you for the transition. Help him to stay focused in the midst of it. I want to be the little boy. I rebuke every distraction. I silence every distraction right now. Thank you the blood of Jesus against you. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. not buckle. You're not bound. He's giving you
For the weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. So we're pulling down the strongholds, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God.